Hi folks, uh, only one content warning this week, and that is for ADHD references. Um, and honestly, if you're upset by ADHD references, this is probably a really bad podcast for you in general. I, I mean, maybe a little. Let me just flip through my notes real quick to make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, no, that, that seems to be... Oh, I forgot how many pages of notes I had for this one. Um, yeah, no, that seems to be the only one. So, uh, yeah, the other thing to mention is we have pets, and they make noises. Yes, in uh, fact, you may hear some peeping in the background. Kevin's, uh, Kevin's office chickens are getting quite large. Yeah, no, it's, it's time to start transitioning them to uh, spending potentially time outside um, yep. as we get ready to, to move them in. This is uh, the, the future of Lucky's flock in the office with me now, six bantam cochins. Well, so. one of the futures. Yes, one of the futures. As oh. uh, one of Kevin's hens, uh, went, bantam hens, went broody and has now hatched several nuggets of her own. Yes, so it is. It is. It is baby chicken horrific around here at the moment. Um, but we also have cats, and the dog is doing something. I don't know what. It's probably best not to ask. Probably trying to play with one of the cats. Um, which leads us to our third thing. We swear. Oh, yeah. Often at the pets. Mostly um, Sergi. Really, I need to make that, that sticker that says we swear frequently at pets. Or at cats. Um, I mean, sometimes we swear at the dog, but usually not in a way that would like hurt her feelings. More like, what the fuck did you just roll in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I. you know what? I bet one of the cats is on the catio and she can't get out the window and wants to play. And that's why I keep hearing all the stomping and play bowing sounds and things. Yes. So, so yeah, you can, you can see. Hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 253. Uh, funny coincidence. Um, this week's guest, uh, Dr. Brooke McNamara, is the spouse of... The person I just got off an interview with, <laughs> and uh, we will have his interview um, mid-August, because I got a whole bunch of, of really good stuff. I've, uh, I feel like I've spent, um, yeah, in like the last several days, I've recorded one, two, three, four interviews, and I've got two more scheduled this weekend, or maybe it's one more scheduled this weekend and then and i've got a dino recording coming up and dino will uh get to be one of our midsummer episodes and we already blocked out like five hours for that it's cool um good good <laughs> and it's during daylight so we both won't be up until midnight this time um, i mean i'm always up till midnight so it doesn't bother me but yeah that's you know. that's fair that's fair uh so you know it feels it's it's it feels like I'm really starting off this year strong, and I like that. Um, and I hope I can maintain this momentum. Um, but it's always funny. Uh, several of these are uh, have been working with a, a promotional service, and so I'm I'm having to say things like, "Hey, um, you know, here's here's what I'm looking for. Here's." And they're contacting you. Yeah, they, they are cold calling me um, with some, really some great guests. Uh, I can't wait um, for you to hear from some of these. And I've got some people from uh, Building a Second Brain uh, coming up. Um, it should be noted that 
Kevin does not put everyone who cold calls him on the show. I do not. Kevin um, finds many people fascinating. Yeah, and I even I even had one who was like, "Yeah, you you sound really interesting." And then they wanted to know about the reach and the demographics and I'm like, "I don't track that. This is not a labor of income. This is a labor of love. I I just here's how many people roughly listen every week and you know, people always look at me funny, um, you know, when they're like, so, you know, you, are you monetizing, how are you monetizing your podcast? And I'm like, I'm not. We're I mean, literally telling you to give your money to someone else every yes, episode. Yes, we, we have a Patreon, but, like, we, we would prefer you support a, a yeah. local soup kitchen. Is is Hobbs trying to dig through the, uh, the cat-proof brooder box again? Yes, Hobbs would really like to play with a chicken. <laughs> um, and at some point, uh, the chickens will be much too large to uh, oh, yeah. be in any danger of Hobbs, and in fact, being bantams would probably uh, uh, tan Hobbs' little hide. Yes. But, uh, yeah. No, don't worry. They are, they are yeah. carefully separated, and Honestly, the chicks find it interesting that someone's batting at the at the wall. They're they're always like, "Ooh, is someone doing Morse code?" And so they'll like start tapping it. Yeah, they the... start pecking back. It's, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so he is he is kind of like uh, oh 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 he's 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 he coming chicken back. enrichment. Yes, um, and apparent and the chickens are, are cat enrichment, and that's why I designed this particular brooder box uh, to be much more resilient than the other one. Um, also, this one has less dust. Uh, getting out and uh, things like that. Yep. So, yeah. So anyway, how was your week? Uh, you know, not bad. Um, we we went to your writers' retreat. Yes. Uh, some a friend of mine, the great Mighty Mer, oh. uh, Mer Lafferty, who has mm -hmm. written some fantastic books and does a podcast called "I Should Be Writing" and one called "Ditch Diggers." Yes. I'm occasionally on both. Uh, had uh, planned for a family vacation at the beach with uh, her her mother-in-law and her husband and, and whatnot. And the problem was that due to a booking error, they wound up with two weeks instead of one. And they couldn't get a refund. They couldn't get rid of it. They just had a beach house for a week, more or less, because the the company was like, yeah, sorry, you you... Uh, I, and it's hard to know who screwed up there, but the point is they had a beach house for a week right. with no one in it. And so Murr was like, Hey, I'll go out a week early and yep. invited, uh, some writer friends to come out and we will work on books. And this was very convenient for me because, uh, I don't know if it was last week or la the week, uh, I think it was, uh, and I didn't record last week because I was on a, another podcast. So yeah. Uh, I had just finished a book and handed it in, and that book had been kicking my ass for months. And then I had 10 days to finish a children's book that mm -hmm. was due, uh, like, yesterday. And so I uh, I was like, yes, a, beach a writer's retreat actually sounds wonderful because... I mean, yay, it's the beach, it's great, but mostly it is, I will sit there and I will do nothing but write. I will not have my normal 
distractions and whatnot, I will get up, I will write, there will be other people writing around me. You can get a lot done in those in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because you, you know everyone yeah. else is writing, so you should be writing too, damn it. And uh so we did and you know, got uh it was fantastic and I got uh the book finished. Yeah. On you know, on time and which is great because I hate missing deadlines. So, yeah, yeah I uh, finishing two books in one month is kind of a lot, even for me. And I was going to take today off, and then I felt guilty because I was like, but oh. hang on, I just had a vacation. Like, literally just had a vacation. It was a working vacation. And then, yeah, and then I'm like, wait, no, that vacation I was writing like 2,000 words a day all weekend. Yeah. So, okay, maybe that wasn't really a vacation. So, with one thing and another, I took today off, and I was going to work in the garden, but it's uh, 96 with the humidity right now, so... Uh, oh, yeah, it's down to 92. Uh, no, uh, it, the heat index is, was 96. Oh, yes, well, yeah. yeah. Because there's 42% humidity. So, uh, yeah, this was... Uh, so... Yeah. And, and now I'm signing book plates. Yes, for the Digger Kickstarter. No, no, not for no? the Digger Kickstarter. Oh, I'm no. still signing book plates for What Moves the Dead, which comes out next month. The Digger Kickstarter is live now. I have to sign a lot of book plates for that as well. Yes. But uh, it is it is doing amazingly. Thank you, everyone, who, who jumped in to support it. And, in fact, I am going to be that person and go look it up. Uh, oh. And see what... Because it funded in... Um, Apparently four and a half minutes. Yeah, it funded really quick, and I'll have links to that in the show notes. Absolutely, uh, we'll have links to that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Do, 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 do. So well, and this is for the the digger collection because uh, we did the big omnibus edition. Yes. Uh, in I don't remember what twenty thirteen. Something like that. No, I think it was 20... Yeah, well, I don't remember anymore. It was 2013. I um, have it indelibly etched into my memory. Yeah, and uh, uh, it was a lot. <laughs> and the the small press who did it was just like... I you know, was, you know... A print run on a an 800-page book, effectively, is really expensive. Because yes. you have to get very specific bindings. You can't just, like, keep getting them run off at the printers. You have to have... You, you do, like, a print run. It, you can't do that POD unless it's going to be, you know, like, unbelievably expensive. A lot, most places wouldn't even do it print-on-demand. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, once the, the original omnibuses had sold out, you know, no one was... It was like, that was it. And, uh, like, maybe a year or two ago, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Rothfuss, who wrote uh, uh, Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear... Uh, was like, uh, contacted me and was like, I'm trying to get an omnibus copy of Digger and it's not in print. Uh, what's up with that? And I'm like, well, you know, that's a, <laughs> laid out what I just said. He's like, okay, you can tell me to mind my own business, but would you like it back in print? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I'm not going to say no. And he's like, I know some people. So uh, what ended up happening is that he... Uh, founded a small press, essentially, with uh, Grim Oak Press, mm-hmm. and they are collaborating on uh, on doing, um, like, 
re-releases of out-of-print books, essentially. Oh, wow. And yeah. so uh, the first, the, the sort of flagship tome is Digger. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. And we are just shy of 600% funded. And you know what the best part about this is? Yeah. We don't have to do shit. Yeah, all I ha- well, you don't have to. I, I have yeah. to sign uh, things, but no, I do not have to do any of the shipping, or that is all handled by Grimoak, and uh, so, and I, I'm not the person running the Kickstarter. The Sofa Wolf guys uh, worked with them, so mm-hmm. Sofa Wolf, who did the original uh, version, uh, was also uh, like involved, and uh, and so you know because i was very clear i will not throw sofa wolf under the bus nope so um so it's really cool and it's getting mm-hmm. a new forward by rothfuss and uh it's it's very exciting and i'm looking at the size of the numbers and going god i'm so glad i don't have to fulfill that <laughs> that's i mean and that's the thing right one of the things um uh uh I was talking to about John Brooks' husband. Uh, he has kickstarted to uh, basically a game setting and is now adding adventures to it under the open game license for D&D 5e. Um, so, you know, we were talking about those challenges. We'll have a lot more on that in August when his interview airs. Um, anyway, the, the thing I, I found valuable at the writer's retreat was I also, uh, because of how my work is structured... And how we still have occasional mental break, mental health days built into, days off built into our, our calendar for the entire company. Because, you know, if they, they don't want us burning out because we're, you know, we work from home, we've been stuck at home for two years, right? That, that whole thing. Um, they, they've been great about it and those were continuing. So I had a four day weekend with the U.S. holiday. Um, and I actually got some really good, like, deep dive research into my next, uh, you know, goal project thing for, um, for work done on Thursday because it was quiet. I mean, I was somewhere different. I was at somebody else's dining room table, as it were, but it was quiet. I could, like... It's amazing how the change of venue just, yeah 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 just let me just focus in on it and now I'm I'm reaping the benefits this week as I get back on track and you know all the other things but the other thing that it allowed me to do was um I mean there were two days in there where you were right everybody was writing but me basically um so I, I got a productivity alchemy inter- I got a, a yeah a productivity alchemy interview in. I got um, a whole bunch of sort of personal organization settled stuff settled in. Um, it was really a good break from you know being home and having all of those like the day to day concerns that will distract you from things that need to get done but don't necessarily fall into the urgent category. They're important, but not urgent, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's. I mean... I mean, yours, writers, were, yours was urgent and important, yeah, so... Yeah, but uh, writers, you know, it's not at all unheard of that writers will be like, I have to finish this book, 
The only way that's going to happen is if I go rent a motel room in a city where I don't know anyone. Right. And uh, usually I don't have to uh, resort to that kind of thing. But I will point out that I I wrote a lot of uh, Clockwork Boys and Wonder Engine uh, sitting in... An airport, I think it was the Dallas or Houston airport, uh, because I had like a six-hour layover, and (laughs) I'm like, I can knock out four or five thousand words right now, because what else am I going to do? It's an airport, you know? Yeah. So there's there's some kind of of uh, not to you know be a little too on the nose. There is a kind of alchemy to being in a place (laughs) where. Writing is going on, mm-hmm. or creative things are going on, and you are there, and, you know, you, you, yeah. Yeah. And we also went out and did a couple tourist things, and, you know, did a little... Went through all, the, like, and local like art stores and things, so, yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was, it was good, um, it was a great sort of mental wash, and I was able to come home, you know, and, and really sort of, like... Get getting back into the groove after something like that is always a little difficult, but you know, four days off, of course, it was going to be difficult. But I felt really refreshed, yeah. which I think is the important thing. And also, um, we uh, rescued a loon, and we rescued a loon, a uh, common loon. Common loons, uh, and I believe most mm-hmm. of the loons have legs set very far back, they cannot uh, actually walk very well on land, they have to wheelbarrow, they push themselves along, their chests are on the ground. And they cannot take off again from the land. From land, in fact, they require uh, up to a quarter mile of open water. Yes. In order to fly, uh, and occasionally, particularly if it's rained, they will spot something that they think is water. They will land on it. It will be a wet deck, a a piece of uh, wet asphalt, and they will be stuck. And so, so stuck. we encountered this loon on the walkway, uh, which Murr had spotted earlier and was like, Kevin and Ursula will be here soon and they will know what to do. And uh, called a wildlife rehabber locally. was like, yeah, he's stuck. Just take him to the sound. And so uh, we, yes. uh, Kevin grabbed him in a towel. And I just want to say for the record, uh, do not do this unless you are very strong and have experience handling chickens. Or 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 large fowl of some sort. Yes, because they have very snake-like necks, and they don't stay under the towel. Ooh. And loons, uh, they have found dead bald eagles yeah. that have been stabbed to death by loon beaks. They, are, they basically have a, dag- a spring-loaded dagger on their face. They're not quite as bad as herons, but I wouldn't let Kevin try to rescue a heron. Uh... Like, I'm very sorry for the heron, but you die doing that unless you're wearing a a welding faceplate or a motorcycle helmet. So yeah, but any yeah no so so yeah, yeah there was a lot of uh, me driving frantically uh, while Kevin is holding a furious loon that is trying to take his eyes. <laughs> I yeah no and and the other thing is that its legs because it was trying to push itself out were constantly smacking my thigh um the entire drive so and then it would calm down for a little bit it would be like it was resting and then all of a sudden 
you know, I, I would be wrestling a loon basically in the back seat again. Yes. And um, we were concerned about uh, uh, avian flu. Yes. Of course, which is a, a, a problem that is sp- uh, that is spread largely by waterfowl. So mm-hmm. we we this year. Yes, we we handled very. Uh, we 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 took extreme biosecurity precautions. Uh, yeah. Basically, the minute Kevin was home or back to the the house, we we were like, okay, uh, just don't go on the second floor. He stripped naked, threw everything directly in the washer. Shoes that you know nothing that came in contact with a loon would come in contact with chickens. So. Yeah, especially since we um, we had smuggled in the six babies that are currently in my office because it was prime socialization time, and we'd been going through a case of pasty butt, and we didn't want to leave that on our house sitter. Right, um, Liz was disappointed that there were no baby chickens. But then I explained what has to be done to make sure they retain clean butts, and was grateful. It was thought perhaps that uh, that pasty butt was a good thing to miss. So. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I spent like I want to say I spent like two days. I would just go out first thing in the morning with my coffee and my laptop, and just sit with baby chickens. Um, they couldn't come out of the ca- the the thing. They had to be on the balcony. They had to be on the balcony. They couldn't come out of the brooder, but, you know, we just chilled, and they seem, um, you know, they're they're certainly interested to see me now, because they know that there are probably treats not far behind, and, and it's all good. So, yes. but yes, um, a, a working vacation, quote-unquote, and it was, it was really good for everybody. Yep. Um, so. And, uh... Plus, you know, how often can you write off your share of a beach house as a business expense? I mean, there is that. So anyway, uh, you have an interview for us. Yes, uh, Dr. Brooke McNamara, who is an associate professor of psychology and studies normal the normal f- functioning of the brain, uh, how people learn, and, uh, and uh, nor- normal, what is considered normal cognitive behavior. Um, which is an interesting thing because uh, what is normal is such a broad and often misused category. That, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and it's a fascinating talk. Like I said, I have seven pages of notes here, and so I've got a whole bunch of links I'll be adding to this episode. But first, you need to listen to it, and you can do that right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with Brooke, and not the Brooke you're used to that I'm used to mentioning, not KB Spangler, but a different Brooke, um, who is going to tell us all about how she stays productive. So, Brooke, can you do a significantly better job introducing yourself than I just did and tell us about what you do? Sure. So, I am an associate professor of psychology. Uh, The first thing is not that kind of psychology. And the second thing is not that kind of professor. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so when you say psychology, everybody assumes 
mental health or mental illness or therapy or clinical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do anything at all related to that. So I study, okay. um, I study how sort of normal functioning of the brain, um, though not neuroscience. So I study skill acquisition and expertise. So why do some people excel in certain areas more than others? Um, how do people learn at different rates? What characteristics of the task affects learning, things like that. So, so all sort of, uh, normal cognition and behavior. Um, And then I say not that kind of professor because uh, most people assume that professors primarily teach and some do. Uh, So that depends on the type of professor and depends on the type of institution. So I'm somewhere where it's research is, is first it's paramount and then teaching and then service. Um, So which mm-hmm. means when you're in that kind of position, you're responsible for research and teaching and service. <laughs> Woof. And within research, so that means in my field, conducting experiments, applying for mm-hmm. grants, managing grants if you get them, which means managing a lab, hiring personnel, research assistants, um, working with institutional review boards to get ethics approval mm-hmm. for experiments. Um, and then writing. So it's a lot of writing because that's kind of the currency in academia is mm-hmm. peer reviewed publications and grants. Um, so that's research. And then of course, teaching, you're managing one or more courses. Yeah. And then service can be anything from, uh, serving on committees. I am, um, the director of our PhD program. So I have lots of work there. Um, serving as a reviewer for all these peer-reviewed publications, right? I write them and submit them. Yeah. And I also have to be the peer reviewer as well. So there's lots of, you know, I mentor PhD students. I work with undergraduates. So there's lots of different parts of the job and it's really easy to be pulled in multiple directions and very mm-hmm. easy to just be reactive to new things coming in. So you really yeah, have to yeah. prioritize because what I'm most... Um, what's most important in my job is getting these publications out. And that's the easiest thing to put off is writing, right? It's, it's much easier to um, focus on the things that have sort of that immediate accountability. Um, So, so organization is, is kind of very important. And it took me a while to get to a point where I had lots of systems that are working for me. So, is there anything, I mean, that's all the professional stuff. Like, do you have time for hobbies or <laughs> anything else in there? <laughs> yeah. So what's interesting about uh, academia is I've heard it described as always always busy, but always available, <laughs> which isn't okay. really quite true. So yeah, that's one of the things that I do like about it. So I'm, I'm post-tenure, which is helpful. So pre-tenure oh, yeah. is just this mad dash. You have to prove that you are very good at your job or else you lose your job. Um, but post-tenure, you get to breathe a little bit more, although a lot of people don't because we've spent so mm-hmm. many years just on the treadmill at, at high speed. Um, right. So, yeah, I do a little bit. I do... Um, dog agility <laughs> with their dogs they do cool. you know sort of the obstacle courses um 
honestly, that's really about it. I like watching tennis. That's okay. That's it. You know, tennis is great. I used to play and I can occasionally watch it. So um, now it's mostly chickens, as I'm sure you've noticed by the listening to the back catalogs. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it, you haven't even had the chickens all that long. Right. Yeah. But and meanwhile, now I have six babies sitting outside my office window right now. Oh, wow. Five, five coming in two more weeks as soon as when these are grown enough to go out. Yeah, no, a whole thing. <laughs> so you're going to hear you're going to hear all about it. Um, for those who obviously are like, what's going on here? Uh, we were discussing before we started about how Brooke has been basically started from the beginning and is catching up. Right. So, yeah. Um, so you know how I'm organized, or at least how I was organized in 2019. The, the important question is, how do you keep yourself organized and productive with all that stuff going on? Yeah, so lots of systems that, that I kind of integrate and, and have working together. Um, so I use Dropbox to organize digital files, PDFs, and, and papers that I'm working on and whatnot. Um, I use Google Calendar but only for actual events and meetings and times I'm teaching and things like that. I am not someone who likes to put in writing time and um, here's when I'm working on this review and just seeing this wall of different colors. That's, right. that's overwhelming to me. So I, I only use it for, for events. Um, mm -hmm. And then the, the, one of the big things that I use is Trello. So this is when I wrote into the show. So yeah. I have many different types of boards. Not mm -hmm. a one is made up of three lists that says to do, doing, done. Right. <laughs> that seems like a underutilization of it. So I have, um, I guess I would categorize them as sort of six different types of boards. Um, so the main standard type of board that I have mm -hmm. really are basically to-do lists. So I break everything down into these compartments of, of responsibilities in life, right. right? So I have research boards, teaching boards, service boards, maintenance, which is things like uh, faculty annual reviews, career development, sort of the stuff that just needs to happen for being employed, but doesn't fit yeah. categories, and then personal. Um, and so, yes, I realize that it's just one personal and then all these other work ones, but that's how I need to organize things. No, no, I understand that completely. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those types of boards, these sort of basic mm -hmm. uh, to-do lists, that is how I have inbox zero. So, okay. um, you know, a lot of work is kind of delivered through email, I think for almost everybody. Um, yeah. and, and whether, however, something comes up that, that I need to do, I go to the board and there is probably a list of sort of subcomponents of that type of work. And I add a card mm -hmm. and a due date if need be. So for example, if through email, I get a request to review a paper for a journal. If I say yes, then I go, I download the paper in Dropbox and my folder of reviews. I put the due date and then I go into my Trello service board. I have a list in there mm -hmm. that's reviewing. I make a card that just says the journal name and the due date. And then okay. when I plan my week every week, I go through mm -hmm. all of my boards 
um, to pull in, okay, what do I need to do this week? So, and then I can delete that email and get rid of it. I used to sit and just keep everything in email and use that as a to-do list. It drives me crazy. It really does. Yeah. I I did that for so long and I did not realize how freeing it was to not do that until I did it. Um, Right. Yeah. So, so I pretty much maintain inbox zero, just everything gets a, a Trello card um, unless it's just responding to that email right then, in which case mm-hmm. done, delete, I archive right. everything so that I can look things yeah. up. But, um, yeah, I make a card and then later I'll deal with when I'm going to schedule that. If something is really immediate, um, or needs to be done in the next few days, I have a separate place where I put that, but for the most part it goes in its spot and then I'll work on scheduling later. So that's awesome. One kind of board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Another kind of board uh, I'll call systems and templates. So this is, so I got this idea from um, Kathy Mazak, who I, I mentioned in the letter. Um, yeah. She has a podcast. It's Academic Writing Amplified. So systems and templates, there's so many things that we end up kind of doing something similar over and over again. And sometimes figuring it out again each time. <laughs> so for oh, example, yeah. um, in, in the before times, you know, when I would travel, mm-hmm. um, so if people are listening to this out of order, we're still sort of in COVID, people are traveling again, but I haven't really started doing that. But every time I would travel a lot, I would, I had conferences, yeah. I had personal, et cetera. And every time it was like the first time I had ever packed a bag. <laughs> you know, oh, God. yeah. I'd be thinking, remembering, and sort of then you kind of get that stress before travel of, oh, am I going to forget things? And sometimes I'd forget things. So then sometimes I would make a list. But then once I was done packing, I'd throw away that list. And so the next time I'd need a new. So now in Trello, <laughs> for systems <laughs> and templates, again, I have this for all of the categories research and writing, teaching, mm-hmm. service personal. And so in personal, I just have a list of packing. Um, And then I I have the cards divided by, you know, toiletries, clothes, electronics, whatever. And then Mm -hmm. I have checklists in there. And whenever it's time to pack, I just go unclick every, uh, unclick all the checks. And then as I go through and put them in, I check them off. So I never have to think about things like that again. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Trello doesn't have like a just duplicate board. Oh, it does. Kind of functional. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My response would be, I'm just going to keep an empty one that's the template, and then I'm just going to duplicate the board and start over. But yeah, you can that can get crowded quick. Yeah, <laughs> you can duplicate boards. You can duplicate lists. Mm-hmm. You can duplicate cards. You can copy them, move them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely right. So so something like that. Usually I would just actually sort of keep it in, in there, but right. I could move it mm-hmm. to my personal to do, right. Just copy right, right. that template and then do, do my checks. Yeah. So I have, mm-hmm. um, so I even, I even have that for, for parts mm-hmm. of writing sort of templates of, okay, this is a straight up, you know, uh, three experiments, study paper. All right. So think about the steps of how you're going to write this. Um, I even have that in, in a template. Wow. So that's, so that's systems and templates. Then I have 
sort of larger project boards. So some projects need their own board. Um, again, this is not to do doing done, but usually it's helping right. to structure all the moving parts of a project. Um, so for example, I'll be getting in this grant and you know, thinking of supplies that need to be uh, bought, personnel that need to be hired, uh, paperwork that needs to go through. Um, so that has sort of become just kind of a to-doing, if you will. But I also mm -hmm. really like Trello as a writing management tool. So um, when I'm writing a paper and thinking about, okay, here are my key findings uh, in the introduction. I want to bring up these key points in the discussion. This, I, I essentially kind of storyboard with it. So I have... I know the structure of it. So introduction methods, mm -hmm. rules, discussion, and I'll have cards in there of, all right, these are the things that I want to bring up. I'll have another list that has the journal information so that I can look that up in terms of word uh, count or number of figures or how to submit it. So I keep that all together and that can help sort of look at an outline and go, oh, I need to shift these things around. Mm -hmm. Um I actually really love it for when I get a revise and resubmit because what happens there is the editor says a few things, usually highlights a few things that, that the reviewer said. And then the reviewers kind of have a list of this worked well. Have you thought about this? Uh, I don't, I think you should change this. I didn't like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right, and right. then another reviewer goes through things. And it's just sort of this long list and it can be hard to manage that way because often reviewers will talk about the same thing, but sometimes they want two different solutions. Um, and so if you're kind of going through linearly and, and dealing with one, then you get to the other and you go, oh, I should have dealt with that differently. So I'll put everything in Trello. I'll organize all their comments based on where it is in the paper. Um, and just make a card that just says a little bit about what it is and then copy and paste exactly what they said in the description of the card. So then when I'm going through and revising, I pick a section that I'm working on. I look at the order of what they said to do, and then I work through those things. And then if there's two, reviewer one said this, reviewer two said this about the same thing, I can kind of tackle them both at the same time. Um, okay. So yeah. I use that to manage how I'm working on the revision. So that's the larger project board. Um, <laughs> and then um, I have my weekly plan board. So this is my system for planning the week. So every week, um, I do it Friday afternoons now, um, but I sit down and I have this step-by-step -step also in Trello exactly what to do. Even though I do it all the time, anything that... Mm -hmm. that there's just no brain power. I just have to say, okay, this one first, great. Just move forward. There's no hesitation. Um, so I'll get into, I use, um, I use a slightly different system sort of combined with this, but um, essentially what I do is I go through all those main boards, those to-do list boards. Uh, I look to see what I'm planning on doing. I copy all of those cards that I'm going to deal with this week to my weekly overview uh, board into a list that says unscheduled tasks. And then mm -hmm. I have 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, et cetera, all as lists. Right. And then I have those cards for each of those days of the week. And all of this is color coded as well. So Oh, I'm sure. Research yeah. is a certain color, you know, so I label everything and then I can see kind of where I'm spending my time that way. Um, and I I used colors just based on when I first set up Google Calendar, what the default colors were whenever I came up with a new <laughs> Uh, type. Right. Yeah. And then I've just kept using that. So the Trello background of research is one color and service is one color. And then when they're coming into another board where it's lots of different types, then I just give them labels that match that background. Yeah. The label functionality in Trello is really cool. It's, I will. I, it's one of my favorite like things about it and how easy it is to just glance at cards and see just there's that splash of color and you know what yep, it is. Yep. Yeah, And I actually just learned that you can, well, this part I knew, you can label what those colors mean. So you can mm -hmm. give them words. And then what I just learned is that once you do the label, if you click on the label, that's when it shows up with the word everywhere, which I don't need, but it was, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> But it's like, it's like, if you haven't used it before, it's like a, aha, or if you're just doing labels, it's really nice to be able to click and say, oh, okay, all of the red ones are, you know, thing. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the fifth type of board I have, so weekly plan is just one board. Um, right, and that's right. kind of where everything comes together. And then I also have my publication pipeline. So this is kind of the 30,000 foot view. What are all the projects? Where are they? What's, what's, um, what's been submitted that I'm waiting on reviews? Um, which ones am I collecting data? Sort of where are they all working in the system? So that I can think about when to start writing one, when I'm going to expect reviews on another Sort of moving things from idea development to uh, accepted for publication. Yay, celebrate. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, exactly. That's the publication pipeline. And so that's something I just sort of check on once a week with my weekly scheduling mm -hmm. um, and, and add as, as need be. Um, yeah. Oh, this one, this one has moved from point A to point B, exactly. so I can actually move it there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Which feels nice once you get to move something down, oh, yeah. down the pipeline. Um, and then the last type of board are um, ideal week boards. So this is also from Kathy Mazak. Um, and so what she recommends doing, which is really nice because, you know, for people who are in jobs where you have to be reactive, then you have to be reactive. If you're in a job where you're not supposed to be reactive and interrupt driven yet, <laughs> that is what yet. happens mm -hmm. most of the time, um, then it's really useful to come up with what would an ideal week look like? So here are the things that have to happen in a week, right? So you know, teaching might need to happen certain days of the week, certain times. You can think about when you're going to schedule meetings with students. When are you going to get writing done? When are you going to work on service? So all those mm -hmm. things that are part of your job, when are you going to do them? Um, because what tends to happen is someone says, oh, hey, can we meet? And you go, well, I was going to write them, but I am technically available. Okay. And you say yes, because you don't have scheduled times for meetings or... Um, you get asked to do a review and you go, well, it's due in a few weeks, so that'll probably be fine. And then it gets closer and 
then you sort of say, oh gosh, when am I going to do this? I have to do this now. So, so with these ideal week boards, so I have three, I have fall, spring and summer. Cause that's, you know, <laughs> that's how the, yeah, the academia works, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Cause, cause schedules change during those times. And this is just very kind of big picture. I have lists for each day of the week and then just broad sort of by hour when I get up, when are things going to get done? Um, and I schedule times for say service so that, Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't matter when that time comes in the week, I go, Oh, okay, here's my time to work on reviews as opposed to waiting until they're about to be due. Here's my time to write letters of recommendations for students uh, before they're due. Here's time to work on um, career development for an hour or two, as opposed to not doing that. Here's time where I'm writing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just sort of nice to be able to see that again with the labels in Trello. You can just get a picture of, okay, today is mostly my teaching day and maybe this is when I'll meet with students, et cetera. I also schedule email when I... I do not process email for more than one hour a day. I schedule that. If it's not done at the end of the hour, it's not done at the end of the hour. Aren't you lucky? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's been, that's been a big change. I used to have all the notifications. I would start every morning checking email and then I would sort of sit and refresh because it's kind of hard to change your brain away from responding to emails. And then whenever a new one came in, I immediately went to it. So this is, I've, I've made a lot of big changes of sort of how I uh, approach my work. Yeah. I, I will admit one of the nice things about Elastic has been, they don't expect immediately immediate responses on email. If they want an immediate response, we'll use one of the tools that is made for immediate response, like, you know, Slack or, um, right. you know, a direct message or something like that. Email is known to be asynchronous. And if I don't get to it today, okay. Um, nice. You know, uh, so it's only critical when it's like, oh, I have 15 you know, issues or, or 15 pieces of code I need to review. And now and if I don't get it done by end of day, then I'm holding up somebody else's progress. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and your job is mm-hmm. more, you, you need to put out other people's fires. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Much less now that's, you haven't gotten to the part where I changed departments. Oh no, I haven't. So yeah, I changed departments last November and it's been absolutely fantastic. I'm not, necessarily putting out people's fires i'm putting out different fires but not as not on like a weekly basis it's a lot of fun good yeah nice yeah i can i Mm -hmm. I used to feel that i couldn't get away with um delaying email that i needed to respond as quickly as possible and Mm -hmm. somebody would be panicking and waiting for my response and then i realized there's there's enough other professors out there that you know, if they didn't respond to me in five minutes, I wouldn't expect anything. You know, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't worry about it. And so I thought, why can't I do that as well? And and so once we can kind of give ourselves permission to do that, it's it's useful. And then you can prioritize what really is most important. And and mm-hmm. I will sort of triage. I'll look through emails and yeah. see if there are ones that I you know that really do need a response today, and and those get tackled first. 
So yeah, I'm I'm starting to get it to where it's much more of a okay. First thing in the morning when I log on for work or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll do a triage, respond to what needs to be responded to, and then ninety percent I don't. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, great. And then maybe I'll do it again around lunchtime. Or if I've got, again, I had a process running today that was going to take like about an hour and a half to complete. I'm like, now's a great time to catch up on email. Right. Right. You know, um, that sort of thing. Um, So I've, it's very different from prior environments where it's, if, oh God, I had one person when I was working uh, on a federal contract that they would send an email and then they would call you on the phone to make sure you got the email Uh, and then explain the email to you. uh, (laughs) Um, So I stopped answering my phone. Yep. And uh, the funny thing was that my boss came to me after I had left the job, like about a year later. And she says, you are a legend. I'm like, what do you mean a legend? You broke a customer. Wait, wait, what? She says, yeah. Um, one day, uh, you know, your phone was forwarded over and it rang and the person who was taking over for you answered the phone and the person on the other fo- other end was like, someone answered my call? <laughs> and it was this customer because I, I guess I didn't break him of the habit, but on the other hand, mm-hmm. they were just like in awe that they're like, no, you, you broke the customer. <laughs> we are so, yeah. But I could get away with that in that job. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, other jobs, it's like, you don't do that. So I will say most of the time, mm-hmm. especially because if it's anything that requires more work, I move it to a card yeah. and deal with it later. Most of the time I get through all my emails. So most of the time yeah. they're getting a response within 24 hours. Um, at most it's 48. So um, yeah, so it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. I'm trying to be better about the, if I can answer it right now in under two minutes, do it. I fell out of that habit. And so now it's like, okay, I'll answer those three after work. And then after work, I don't feel like dealing with it. So (laughs) they're still waiting for me in the morning, but the world isn't ending. Right. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. I'll try to get through them because I like inbox zero. Um, But yeah, I'm also not going to let it take over the rest of my day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I also use, I know a lot of people have, have I'm not sure where you are with this now. I could have sworn mm-hmm. in the early days, if someone said that they used Excel, I could hear your eyes roll. Um. <laughs> a little. I mean, I, I still do. I, I work for, it's, I, I am just astounded at how much information, how much businesses rely on things like Google Sheets or Excel for things other than just you know, what they're designed for. Like you're running an entire project plan in Excel. Why? <laughs> like I, I, I've seen, you know, I've seen these people are like, here's how you build a Gantt chart and plan your projects in Excel. Whoa. And I'm, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, really? Not for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, to do lists. I dig it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I get it now. Um, you know, or here's a, a bunch of things I need to keep in a, it, I need to execute in an order or, you know, but I have seen people abuse the living daylights out of Excel <laughs> and it, it, it hurts me. So it hurts me. We'll see. We'll see what you think about how I use it. Um, okay. So I use it for creating my schedule essentially. Um, <clears throat> so, so Trello is great for kind of organizing 
pieces, mm-hmm. but it's not a, a calendar. Um, and as I mentioned, Google Calendar is great for events, but I don't like it to schedule all of my work in a day. Um, yeah, yeah. So what I do with Excel, uh, and this is part of the weekly plan that I do, I have a sheet that has nine tabs. Um, and each week I just sort of, I, I save as when I put new dates on it and then I right. change out whatever. So on the far right tab, I have my three-year plan. So this is very big picture. When am I applying for this grant? When am I going to work on this paper and plan to get it submitted? And it's just because you can put lots of weeks <laughs> and mm-hmm. a line of what you're doing and look at a, a big picture just on one screen. So I like it for that. Yeah. Um, and that I just look at once a week and sort of see if I'm on track, if I need to make changes. Then I have um, a year long writing roadmap. So it's just, it's going from 50,000 feet down to, you know, 10,000 feet. And so this is okay this year. So, so my three-year plan, it's, it's by week Mm -hmm. or three years. Um, and that's still very, obviously there'll be changes. It's really more about generally this month, probably what's going on, Mm -hmm. but I have it by week. The, the year long writing roadmap. Now I have it by day in terms of columns and then it's still Mm -hmm. by week in terms of rows. And here I have a bit more, Oh, here's a due date. Let me, let me color this in in red. Um, here's a week where I'll be grading papers. So I need to not take on quite as much other things. Let me highlight that Mm -hmm. in yellow. Again, this is also, um, Kathy Mazak's suggestions for for how this is done. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I just put on to the side, what's the main thing that I'm working on this week? So it's still fairly high level. And again, I do that once a year and just look at it each week and sort of see what's coming up. Um, If I've scheduled times to not work, for example, that's that's in green. Um, So just taking a look at that. And then the other tabs are days of the week. And so each tab has, or each each day of the week has its own tab. Um, and so now rows are times of the day. And I do it by 30 minute mm-hmm. increments. Um, and so I just have the times down the first column. And then here's what I like and why I like using Excel is that in the next column, I just, I shrunk it. So it's just a small little cubes. And I color those cubes. So I just fill the, the cube in mm-hmm, color mm-hmm. matching what I should be doing according to my ideal week. So if this is my writing okay. time, then that's in purple. Uh, if I'm doing dog agility, that's in red because that's my personal code. If I'm doing, um, if here's my service block, then that's in uh, blue, et cetera, et cetera. So I have that going down the side. And then I schedule out what I'm doing. And the text, so I say what it is that I'm doing during this time, and I put that text in the color of what it is. So if it's service-related, it's in blue. If it's personal, it's in red. If it's writing, it's in purple. And then you can very clearly see if you're matching, right? If you're doing the work right. according to what you want to be doing. Um, and so when things come up, you know, it's it's not that you can't do it, right? Everything's flexible, 
Um, mm-hmm. It's easy to see like, oh, okay, I ended up doing more service there. Maybe this next service block, let me do some more writing there. Um, yeah, so yeah. Very easy to see if it's matching or not and how things go. Um, mm-hmm. I like this ideal week plan thing and, and the whole color coding. I'm really going to have to read up on that one. It's, um, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It made a once, big difference. Once I finish building a second brain, that is, that is my big learning for this month. So <laughs> building a second brain. Yeah, that's the, the course I'm currently taking. Uh, it is, and I think uh, I, we talked about it briefly beforehand. It, it's a method of structuring your notes and flow. Like there's the structure and then there's the, the process sort of around it that lets you take your notes and work them into a, 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 a flow is basically the best I could do it where you have archives and you have like uh, uh, resources or responsibilities and you have, you know, the areas it's all uh, the, it's the para system and uh, you can get like, there are, uh, there are blog entries and the book is coming out about uh, the book he wrote, Diego Forte wrote to explain it all. That's based on the courses he's been teaching now for seven, eight years are, you know, um, so that's how, that's the big thing I'm learning like right now is how do I, instead of having piles of notes, basically in folders scattered all over, how do I organize it? How do I search them? How do I make them mm. actionable or non-actionable? How do I make sure I can find them in the archives for later? Maybe something that I, you know, I haven't, I literally have a folder called an idea graveyard <laughs> that I put, like, I'll just say, yep, nope, this is something that I don't have time to work on now, maybe someday, but off it goes. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe I'll get started on it. And it's like, I do not have time for this right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll shove it in the graveyard. Um, and then I'll dig it up and resurrect it later if I want to, um, kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah, I, but, I yeah. Trello for all of that. <laughs> so yeah, no. I have a, a, a back burner list or sort of a someday mm-hmm. maybe, as David Allen yeah, called yeah. this. So especially for research ideas. And I'll put those, and that's just in my main board so that I can take a look at the, that occasionally and decide if yeah. I want it. And the then, backlog, as we would call it, natural. Okay. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. resources, things like that, they're primarily in Dropbox, but mm-hmm. often it'll, it might be in systems and habits, or not systems and habits. I'm thinking of, <laughs> we haven't gotten to that <laughs> section yet. <laughs> uh, in uh, systems and templates, those mm-hmm. those boards. So if it's anything yeah. that's going to come up again, that's not just a, a resource there, it's just Dropbox. But if it's something right, right. I'll be going through again, in Trello, you can attach files to cards. So yes. I can always link it to whatever I have in, in Dropbox. So it's nice for resources that way too. Yeah. Uh, this is, um, this is almost, this is like the digital note equivalent of Marie Kondo is how it's, how some people have said about it. So yeah, I, now I'm going to have to find out if anybody's using Trello for it because it feels like we're using everything else. People are using all sorts of different things. So Yeah. <laughs> Almost everything I feel like you could use <laughs> Trello for it. Like it's so right, right. It kept making me crazy every time that you were saying, Oh yeah, you know, to do, doing done. No, you can do so much more with it. <laughs> I, I I during the early ones though, I wanted to keep it simple, especially yeah. since we were at the time, um we were 
unknowingly or sort of subconsciously a lot of what we were doing in the first two years in trying to get Ursula to do these things, it was actually compensating for her ADHD. Mm-hmm. And uh, you haven't gotten to the point in 2020 where she actually gets a diagnosis. Right, right. I have no Right. And yeah, and there's a whole change mm. that happens like after that. But yeah, um, just trying to teach her the basics of, of, you know, keep it simple. Let's work through it and then expand from there. Um, when it turns out that what we were actually doing was trying to build systems to help uh, compensate for or assist with her ADHD. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yes, you can do so much more. And I've seen people do lots with Trello. I'm an, ag- I, I am, I spend a lot of time in the agile world, mm-hmm. little a agile, not big a agile, not big, you know, s- scrum, things like that. But, um, so that's sort of like my natural, I see, I see a Kanban ish board and I immediately mm-hmm. want to make four columns and start <laughs> sorting things. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I will sometimes sort of get into that structure. So in the revise mm-hmm. and resubmit, I organize everything and then I do have a revising done, you know, so I right. move the card and then move it off so that I'm not, deleting the card until I'm done. So mm-hmm. everything's pushed over um, just until it's, it's completely done. Yeah. So I'll use that a little bit within it, but mm-hmm. it's typically not the main structure. Uh, are you using any automation with it? I'm really curious about that because I know there are now hooks to be able to do things with like uh, Zapier or other programs to like be able to just like, okay, I'm in a program now. I'm just going to make a card without having to actually open it up and ta-da, 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 right? Yeah, I'm not doing anything that cool. I'm doing zero automation. I still have okay. a free version. Um, okay. Although I think somehow I managed to get a bug in a good way. So somehow I have 20 boards and it's free. And I think most people only have 10. <laughs> um, if, you've been, if you've been using it long enough, that may be that you were... Um, that may be that because you're a legacy customer, they let you keep your things and not, you know, yeah. because I know there were some shifts when Atlassian bought them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, with the difference in the paid plans as they went. So it, it may just be, I'm trying not to use the gendered term grandfathered in. Right. But you, you know, that's basically what, right, I, what right. I'm thinking is, yes, it was a feature you had and they changed plans, but they can't take it away. We need a replacement word for that. Yeah. Whenever I come across a word, I try to, because it usually is capturing a a concept that is needed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I guess just uh, legacy might be. Legacy user. Yeah. Is what I've been been using a lot of. Yeah. Good. Thank Mm -hmm. you. I, yeah, I needed, I needed that replacement as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then the only other thing, Thing that I'll say in terms of um, how I stay organized. I do use Habitica, which I'd never heard mm-hmm. of until I started listening to Productivity Alchemy. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I could stay organized and do everything without it. It's not a necessary mm-hmm. piece of my system, but it does have added value. Um, right. Not only for adorableness, but um, <laughs> so yeah, every evening um, I 
I go to Habitica and I check off any dailies and habits mm-hmm. to do's and anything like that. And then I go to my stable and I you know, play, do whatever that stuff quickly. Oh yeah. And then I look at my Excel sheet for the next day <laughs> and I put in any new to do's or anything in Habitica. And then I go to Trello and to my, mm-hmm. my weekly overview where I've had, um, you know, I have my days of the week and I move anything that I'll be doing again the next week. I keep that in the, in the day. I archive anything else. Then I move it to the end. And then I have a list that just says tomorrow, which I don't mm-hmm. even need. Obviously, I could just move the day of the week. But I like right, right. physically moving. Okay, here's everything for tomorrow. Um, just sort of getting into my head. Because I think if you just look at your plan for the next day, you could just sort of be looking at it blankly. It doesn't really sink in. But moving cards... Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, yeah, I'm settled now. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, so Habitica and Trello, I, I do kind of in combination. And this is, you know, five minutes in the evening just to kind of feel like I have my head wrapped around the next day. I I have a script that will... There are, there are add-ons for this. Of course I have this script, mm-hmm. right? That will uh, basically do the spell casting for my class every day. Yeah, okay. So now I, you know, it's like at four in the morning, everybody gets bonuses, everybody gets that. So I'm contributing. I don't really have the wherewithal to, <coughs> excuse me, log on every day and manage all of it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I can contribute to the group. I, I don't feel like I'm letting anyone down because I'm not there every day checking things off. And then like every so often I'll go in and I'm like, well, I have a pile of food, so let's go feed all the pets <laughs> and see, you know, uh, see what I can hatch now that I couldn't hatch before that sort of thing. Um, it's still fun and enjoyable. It's just, I, I, I've hit a point where I can't use it as a primary to do thing mm-hmm. anymore, you know? Yeah. I would say it's not my primary, but I do, I do mm-hmm. enjoy Clicking things yeah. off and, and just having that extra little looking through what I did. Oh, and it does, it, it is useful for a couple things that all of these other systems, because all of my other systems are primarily to do. And mm-hmm. Vitica does have things that, you know, like um, bring Invisalign case everywhere with you, <laughs> you know, things that are. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just, oh, habits of doing that. One, uh, a habit of say no to things. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a to-do, but as it comes up, because for many years, I would just agree to do everything. Um, right, right. That every opportunity was going to be my last opportunity. So I had to say yes to, to things and mm-hmm. do whatever anybody else asked sort of a thing. Um, and so I've been working on, nope, I need to curate my time, my, my mm-hmm. career. Um, so I added a little habit of saying no, and I do enjoy <laughs> going, Ooh, I did that today. Yes. <laughs> I said no three times. So I can <laughs> click that three times. Well, but I said yes once. So I have to hit the minus ones. No, right? I, <laughs> I don't do that. Just the, just the no's because, well, it's nice to have a counter as opposed to just <laughs> that bad feeling of saying no, right, even right. though eh, I know long-term that's good. And now I have just the perfect little counter is all that needs mm-hmm. is, is the check. So thank you for that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> glad to help. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that's three pages on <laughs> mostly Trello and uh, Excel at, and Habitica at the end. And I will say um, anybody, if, if there's 
this did not come all at once. I had some <laughs> a small portion of this, adapted it, made it work for me, and then added mm-hmm. something else and then added it and added. So like my three-year plan was the last thing to go on. Um, for some people that might be first. So it, yeah. it seemed very overwhelming to start with <laughs> all of these things, mm-hmm. but but starting with just one thing and then building is... is- yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's a system that you were able to modify to what you needed and grow organically yep. versus exactly. being having, you know, here's the the book dropped in your lap and you will do it this way and only this way. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. had gone through a lot of different systems. So for a while mm-hmm. I was using just the to do list and Google Calendar um, right. of everything because oh. then. I was going, oh, it's so nice. I can kind of rotate through things. But then I was not keeping track of, oh, crap. And now that thing is due and you haven't been. (laughs) It wasn't enough. It was for a little bit. And then I needed to get more and more structured. Yeah. And what what I don't like about it is it it is it is dead simple. It is mm-hmm. possibly the easiest. I mean, it is a it is right up there with remember the milk in terms of you have a list, you check things off, it's done. Mm-hmm. You, it is as bare bones, and you can get a little fancier with it, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, you know. But I outgrew it really quick, and then I got frustrated at how it couldn't talk to anything but Google. Sure to do's. And then I'm like, but I have other programs and I want to be able to do that there. And yeah, doesn't work there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm big on integrations and make it as frictionless as possible for me. So, um, well, that brings us to the systems and habits question. And is there anything you haven't covered? Believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes, I am looking at my Trello board for a productivity alchemy interview here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, a couple things I'll mention. So I use mm-hmm. Unicycle, which I bet you have not heard of. Um, Unicycle is, it's fairly new. I think they started maybe a year ago. Oh, that is, yeah, that is, I've never, yeah, I'm sitting here going, is this an app? Is it a, a, an acronym? So, you know. It's a, um, I, I guess it's an app. It's, uh, mm-hmm. It sits on top of Gmail or okay. um, whatever the Microsoft one is. Outlook. Outlook. It sits on <laughs> top of it. Um, mm-hmm. So you open it in a browser. Um, you log in to, so I use, so Gmail is, is what I use. Um, it's what everybody uses, it feels like, yeah. yeah. Well, and importantly, my university uses Gmail. So <laughs> so I only use this. I do have separate emails. I have personal and, and right. work. They're both Gmail, but but separate. Yeah. So Unicycle, I log in mm-hmm. Unicycle sort of via Gmail. And um, here's what it does. It, so it, it was designed for academics. So mm-hmm. you can download say student emails and put them in classrooms. And then when you get an email from a student, you know what class they're talking about <laughs> if they don't. Oh, okay. Especially, so I'm not someone who teaches, you know, 200 people at a time, but if you taught a couple of those and someone says, Hey, is this due next week? You, you know, you don't know what they're talking about. So you organize yeah, yeah. my classroom 
which Mm -hmm. doesn't do a whole lot for me. What I like about it, um, two things, is that it, so when you send something, it Mm -hmm. will say send and mark as done. And then you do that and it automatically archives. And if you go to Gmail, it'll be archived. Um, And the, the other thing that it has are what they call blurbs. So any type of email that you find yourself sending more than once. Um, oh, yeah. For example, especially people who do more teaching than me, a student saying, hey, I know I haven't been to class. Can I get extra credit? Or, right, um, right. hey, some question that's on the syllabus, et cetera. Lots of, lots of emails come in and you end up giving the same answer over and over. So what they have is you store blurbs, you store mm-hmm. responses, and then an email comes in and you just do a slash and you drop down to it and it just, it fills in that text. And you can make edits or, or anything like right. that, but you don't have to rewrite emails over and over again. So Unicycle is a useful system. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, how can I adapt this to my workflow? But there are a couple others that I've been looking at to mm. maybe speed things along if I stick with Gmail because they've been ticking me off a lot lately. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. Before Unicycle, then that was part mm. of my systems and templates board of like mm-hmm. email uh, templates. But that was a bit of a pain to go into, click into, copy and paste, move. It was sometimes almost easier just to write it again. But now it's just built into email. I just yeah, hit the yeah. slash and it's right there. So I love that. Um, other systems and habits. So this was something else that I uh, wrote about in letters um, mm-hmm. was chaining habits. And so not breaking the chain, <laughs> right? Um, but adding habits to another habit. So this, uh, I learned from, um, uh, Clutterbug podcast. So she has ADHD. She's primarily talking about cleaning houses, um, and organizing your house and things like that. But I find that a lot of cleaning and organizing your house (laughs) Mm -hmm. is really useful for staying organized with everything else. Right, right, right. Um, And, and, uh, Clutterbug, not Clutter Fairy. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I haven't talked to Clutterbug yet, but I did talk to the Houston Clutter Fairy uh, in 2021. So you've got that to look forward to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or was that in early this year? It gets fuzzy after. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what she talks about is Mm -hmm. um, if there's a new thing that you want to do, add it to something that you already do. Right. So I think her example was if you want to start flossing your teeth, well, you already brush your teeth, just put the floss on top of your toothpaste. Mm -hmm. And then it starts being, oh, I know I'm about to do this. So it reminds me to do that. Um, But even it could be things like, so I have a kind of nightly routine now that I made coffee every morning. And then I wanted to start wiping down the kitchen counters every night. Um, Mm -hmm. So I added that, I kind of chained that to making coffee, which I then chained to cleaning out the robot vacuum, then chained to uh, cleaning the cat litter boxes. Um, And then I go and I get ready for bed. I use like a cleaning wipe for my face. And then I I chained that to now turn Mm -hmm. it over and wipe down the bathroom sink. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
things. So I just kept chaining on and they're mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. little things. And once you get used to it, and especially if you're adding to something you're already used to, it makes it eventually seem really effortless, which is nice. Because if I instead thought, oh, I need to do all of these things and it was a chore, that would be a pain. But if you're just adding on to something that you were already doing, it's not so bad. So she calls yeah. that, um habit chaining. Um. And she also talks about doing things that take two minutes or less. So mm-hmm. things like making the bed really only takes about a minute. <laughs> Cleaning the kitchen counters really only takes about a minute, maybe two. Spraying the shower after you shower takes 30 seconds. So all these things that take mm-hmm. 30 seconds a minute, yes, they add up to maybe five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Day. But then you're never on the floor like scrubbing. You know, it's never gross. It never gets out of hand. And so I found all of that really useful, trying to do mm-hmm. little maintenance things so that nothing gets out of hand. Um, and I do this with work too. I try to do mm-hmm. little bits of um, something that will have a deadline so that I'm not waiting until I get to the deadline. Like the end of the, yeah, yeah, the end of the day or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, another thing that I also learned from her, which I mentioned, mm-hmm. are robot vacuums are amazing. So we have six pets. <laughs> they all shed. Um, oh, yeah. And we just didn't vacuum for not much, you know, not as much as it. Yeah, like yeah. it need Our house needs to be vacuumed every day, and we weren't doing it every day, and it was... But um, mm-hmm. and robot vacuums really so you can get them for cheap. So we got ours for one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. You can get them used for you know seventy dollars, and not only does that vacuum, um, but it also makes it so there's less dust because a lot of mm-hmm. dust actually is what gets kicked up from the floor. Um, yeah, yeah. So I know I'm talking about like house cleaning stuff, which your guests don't usually, but I found well really useful to have organized clean house and organized clean work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it all sort of flows together, especially like with so many of us working from home exactly. didn't before. I mean, obviously I have for a long time, but, mm-hmm. um, our big uplift in that was we decided we just took out all the carpet and replaced it with, um, uh, laminate mm. or all, but I think we have two rooms left that have actual carpet in them. Okay. Um, which, you know, given the number of dogs and cats we've we've had over the years, uh, that has just been great because we don't have to vacuum. We just sweep. Like mm-hmm. you can sweep once or twice a week instead of, you know, having to vacuum and then, oh, no, the dog has done something terrible. OK, we'll wipe it up. We don't have to get out the carpet cleaner. Dear dogs. On well, bed. Uh, the the hounds, the hounds don't shed anywhere near as bad as the border collie used to. Oh my God, the border collie. Um, uh, it would, we, every, I swear, every, right about this time of year, he would blow out his winter coat mm-hmm. and it would be like, you know, dunes of dog hair drifting mm-hmm. through the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Lacey, she doesn't really do that that much anymore, uh, you know, because incre- hounds have that incredibly tight, short hair mm-hmm. that's made to keep them. So does don't shed anywhere near like, um, you know, a fluffy herding dog or, oh, the cats. Oh, the cats. Yeah. yeah. 
we have both of our dogs are half border collie, half Shiba Inu. Mm-hmm. So the, oh, okay. the border yeah. collie spitzes. So all they do is shed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we have four cats. So yeah, yeah. Things like that are necessary. Oh, we've we've uh, we had one cat that we could sit there and we could just brush for an hour, and the cat would just be like, "This is the greatest thing in the whole wide world." And you'd have a kitten worth of fur. Yeah. And then you could come back in two hours later, brush again, yeah. and twice as much fur would come off. And you're like, "Really, really? Where where is?" Where is this coming from? There's no way you can possibly be be generating. And Brandon would do that too in the spring. Mm. You know, because he'd just be like, yeah, it's time to shed. And then, okay, here we go. Um, yeah, we don't actually have much carpet. It's it, mm-hmm. um, But it's still useful for yeah, yeah. To get things vacuumed. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Still, still much less sweeping on, on our part. I sweep the stairs just once a week and, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Um, and, and now that it's just, oh yeah, you're still, it's just two of us here now full time. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh, you're about to hit the, the pandemic when it's, we get additional people for the pandemic. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah. Know yeah. Okay. You're going to hit that stage. Um, but yeah, now it's, it's just down to Ursula and I, so it's not, there's as much traffic through things. So right. we're not dragging in as much. Yeah. And I also learned to wear a different pair of shoes indoors than the ones I wear out uh, to visit the chickens. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> Bet that made a big difference. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, okay. So chaining habits, robot vacuums. I'm in favor of them. Um, yeah. Let's see. So I have what I call my one room system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so understand all of this that I keep talking about with house cleaning, I am a natural born slob. Um, and I, I don't like cleaning, but mm-hmm. I also don't like mess. I find mess very stressful. Um, <laughs> so then I would do nothing and be stressed about it. So yeah, with the pandemic and yeah, moved yeah. and and things are all very different for me. So, um, mm-hmm. so my one room system is, and this is in my uh, personal systems and templates, my one room system. Right, right. Which is when we moved, I made a card for every room in the house. Um, mm-hmm. And room is uh, liberal, right? So that could also mean, you know, stairway, garage, um, right? Uh, car, inside of car, <laughs> um, <laughs> thing, you know, weeding, thing, you know, sort of anything mm-hmm. that y- needs some attention occasionally. Um, cause I, I will never be someone who says, oh, it's springtime, time for spring cleaning. That will never happen. Um, so what I do is weekends where we're not doing dog agility stuff, mm-hmm. I have just 90 minutes on Saturday, 90 minutes on Sunday, just mm-hmm. to focus on one room. And so I go okay. to the list and what's at the top of the list. Um, and I'll deep clean the office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just whatever it needs. And sometimes it doesn't even need the whole 90 minutes. It's maybe mopping the floor, it's dusting, it's, um, you know, straightening up, whatever. So so sometimes mm-hmm. it could be much, much less than that. But then I can go, okay, this room looks great. And then the next day I'll yeah. move it to the bottom of the list. And so it just keeps getting moved up and I do it next time. So I managed to try to make a routine of, general maintenance, cleaning kitchen counters, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. that needs to be done all the time. And then I have my one room system and I 
feel good about getting something done because it's a tangible accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, I love those tangible accomplishments. Yep. It's like, okay, um, you know, the project I had been working on, it was going to go for another three or four days. I'm just going to wash the dishes because I can look at that yes. and know, you know, here's the start and here's the end and then scrub the sink because you always scrub the sink when you finish washing the dishes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we are both in careers where you don't have tangible accomplishments. Yeah. Um, and it's really satisfying to be able to say, look, see, I did that. <laughs> I've, I've fallen yeah. in love with mowing the lawn. Had no idea that I would love <laughs> to mow the lawn so much. I'd never done it before. Um, mm -hmm. Started doing it. And man, you can just see exactly what you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Very useful. Yeah. Um, I, aside from the fact that it became a very large time sink with the amount of lawn we had, had being the operative term, we have no lawn now, it is all garden and chickens. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, there was that tangible feeling of accomplishment, but it was also, um, there's, it was like an acre and a half, two acres in two different spots. And so it was, you know, you just accept it is a three hour job. Even with a riding mower, it is a three-hour job because mm -hmm. you have to get all the fiddly bits around the house. And then the, the one that used to be a field out front was just, you know, back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And there, there was a Zen to it, but at 90 degrees in the middle of summer, that Zen was tempered with a lot of sweat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a place yeah. where you can do the front lawn. And then mm -hmm. the back, you know, and it's, it, it's certainly small right. enough. Um, yeah. And sort of break it up different types of yard work. So it's not overwhelming like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That sounds way too overwhelming. That would be the, the giant artichoke in the front yard and that you have to, how do you eat a giant artichoke? All right. This, this was funny in 20. That's a, that's actually a great, I, I kind of like that. No, how you, you, you came up with it. Oh, did we? I yeah. guess we did. So you were trying to come up with a, how do you eat an elephant? And right, right. Yeah. Artichoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you said, oh, okay, like a big bowl of artichokes. And she said, no, a giant artichoke. Cause that's funnier. Mm. Um, <laughs> 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 wow. I had forgotten completely about yeah. that, but okay. <laughs> I can, I can remind you of past you. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah. So you would almost have to do that mm -hmm. with a lawn that size um yeah yeah i'm yeah. definitely into breaking things down when... i've become a big fan of the cottage garden and that is that it's a garden out there and ursula tends to it and i don't have to do anything except occasionally move heavy objects yeah. right yeah so fair enough yeah oh uh, let's see not much more um mm -hmm. i'll just say yeah pair things you don't want to do with something that you like doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, with even my nightly routine, I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast and right. in room I'm doing that. Um, setting alarms on phones is a useful oh, yeah. because I can really kind of sink into my writing and then my Google calendar will say, you have a meeting in 10 minutes. Oh, and by the way, you haven't showered. <laughs> uh, so I set alarms so that I'm yeah, not yeah. kind of coming up for air going, oh, what's happening? Um, uh, this, okay, back to sort of clutter in the, the house and mm -hmm. such a silly thing, but, but also from Clutterbug. Um, she 
talks about keeping things off counters if you don't like visual clutter um, and even mm-hmm. in a bathroom putting your toothbrush and toothpaste away and I thought holy crap that has never occurred to me that toothbrush and toothpaste <laughs> could go in a drawer like that it just never occurred to me that was always on the counter and then it's a pain because mm-hmm. then it's making the counter dirty so anyway if if anyone else maybe has a mind-blown moment I thought it'd... are you are you ready for the great the great sin of design. Nope, I have lost you. I don't how... know if you can hear Uh-oh. me, but you are. Yeah, I can. Out. I can still hear you. But hear you. yeah, oh, okay. uh, give us a second. Yeah, you're back. Um, okay. Um, no, I was going to say the great sin of the design of this house. Mm. Um, there are no medicine cabinets. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And no drawers so, like under the counter. Or... There, there is a vertical set of drawers mm-hmm. between the two, because it's a dual sink. So you've got the counter with the two sinks. So you've got the the storage space mm-hmm. underneath it, and then a, a set of center drawers, and then what's sort of like a towel closet without a door, mm. you know, or like shelving. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's so we almost have no choice but to keep it cluttered, or which. Sometimes it drives me crazy and sometimes it's just like, whatever, this is how it is. I would love a shelf to put things on, but, you know, is that where, how long would it take before the cat was knocking things off the shelf onto my head? It's it's a trade-off. It really is. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Ha. Sorry, I keep looking out to, to see what the baby chickens are doing. They're, they're. They're eating, so yeah, it's that's good. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing I actually mm-hmm. don't use this anymore, but when I was mm-hmm. sort of trying to get my stuff together, um, I used Toggle for a while. T O G G S. Oh yeah. As a time tracker, just to see where my time was going and how much time things took. Um, so yeah, I don't need to use it anymore, but it was really useful for a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, if you're billable, it's really great for that. Sure, I'm not, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, cool. All right, so that brings us up to hey, what does a typical day look like? You've already decided what to do first mm-hmm. because you did that the night before, theoretically, and so you know what what does what does a typical day look like? Oh, that's a new question. Okay. Well, it's it's sort of an extension of how do you decide what to do first, but you already told me. I yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and I will say I always try to start my day with writing. Um okay. that is the priority and so should get priority time. Um mm-hmm. I do not start the day checking email because that can disrupt the whole day. So I try to write and I I hate getting up and showering immediately, so I actually just stumble downstairs, feed the cats, get coffee and sit down with my laptop and start writing. Um, and then I set an alarm. If I have a meeting, at, you know, nine ten. Mm-hmm. obviously I'll shower before that. Um, but I definitely like starting with writing and then, then it really depends on the day. Um, so certain days I might need to go in and teach. Um, mm-hmm. Other days I'll be able to have another writing session in the afternoon um, one day a week, I'll try to have uh, a couple hours set aside for service. Another day of the week, I'll right. try to have a couple hours set aside for career development. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, time set aside for grading, things like that. So I would say my typical day starts with writing. Um, and then there's lots of just the other pieces being filled in. And right. occasionally on good days, another 
time for writing. And I, I do also work on the weekends. Um, mm-hmm. so I tend to start again writing in the morning. And then after my one room, I'll have another good chunk of writing. Um, mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of academics who are trying to get away from, you know, not working on the weekends. And that's great. And I respect that. Um, I I like working on the weekends because... <sighs> There's no meetings ever. Nobody's expecting mm-hmm. you to do anything. Like it's it's a nice sort of quieter time. So um, uh, there's this beautiful time, like Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. where I might be the only person awake. Mm-hmm. I may be the only mammal awake in the <laughs> house, and it is a great time to catch up on like here are the articles I wanted to read, yeah. or here's the novel I was reading and didn't really have time for or yeah i'm gonna deep dive into a, an article for opensource.com like it is the time of day when no one like no work interruptions maybe the dog will bother me usually mm-hmm. the reason i'm up before 9 a.m is because the dog is bothering me mm-hmm. um and so but yeah that's the the whole thing there's that beautiful block of peaceful time when yes. I'm yeah the like the only person awake and doing things and it's just great yeah, and and with a cup of coffee is just mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's lovely. Yeah, I have. Have you have you gotten an ember mug yet? Do I what? Do you have an ember mug yet? No, what's that? The ones like mug. it stays hot or something. Yes, it stays hot and is yeah. No, I it is my go to. I just yeah. <laughs> my my coffee never gets cold anymore. It's glorious. Uh, I have a, I have my little system. I I drink Mm -hmm. a cup of coffee while I write and then I tend to get hungry. I have cereal and I listen to a podcast for whatever, for 10 minutes. (laughs) Um, and then I go back to writing with my second cup of coffee and then, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I have like come down, make two espresso pods. First thing, Mm -hmm. drink through that take my shower, make two more espresso pods mm. before I come into work, like before I, I get to work or whatever. So uh, on any given day, I could have what is essentially four to six espressos. Wow. I used yeah. to drink coffee all day long. And for whatever reason, I think just mm-hmm. the pandemic and I don't know, things changed. And now I have my cups of coffee before and after breakfast. I needed to sleep is why I stopped drinking coffee. Uh. (laughs) If I, yeah, I'm up all night if I don't. Yeah. Um, All right. So, um, and somewhere in there you're doing agility training with your dogs. (laughs) Yep. So that's Wednesday mornings. We have class. Okay. Um, And then some weekends we have trials Mm -hmm. where we go and they, oh my gosh, they love it. Just in case there's anybody out there who thinks like it's mean or anything. Um, one of our dogs will when we're when we're at class and another dog is going, she just she just cries the whole time when she's not out there. <laughs> that's the border collie. Yes. Yeah. Honest to God, that's the border that collie. Is the border yeah. Collie. Yeah. No, she wants a job. Um, mm-hmm. The other one is less about wanting the job, but we know that she loves it because she used to be afraid of getting in the car she used to be afraid of cars she's a pandemic puppy we were one of those oh yeah no um and so she's afraid of everything (laughs) because she just wasn't exposed to anything as a puppy basically um except her sister so she's afraid of every other dog she's getting better she's afraid of all people but us she's getting better um but she was afraid of cars and now she associates Mm -hmm. the car with going to agility and so every morning when she realizes it's wednesday she's like "Mm." 
she yeah she's very yeah, excited monster yeah. in the car so awesome so they love it mm-hmm. <laughs> cool all right that brings us to the fun questions I think they're fun. Okay. Not everybody does. Uh, We will start with what is the best advice you would give someone or and or the best advice someone's uh, given you? Oh, okay. All right. So I know that best is a superlative and suggests one thing. (laughs) Um, As you can imagine, I have a list. Um, (laughs) So... If you mm-hmm. are someone at so so everything that I'm saying is advice I have been given that has been mm-hmm. useful for me. Um, if you are in a job where you can get away with this and this would be good for your career, mm-hmm. don't check email first thing in the morning. Um, right. Don't put any email notifications on on your phone or computer. Um, yeah. Schedule email and only deal with email then. Um, if you don't decide how to prioritize your time, other people will decide how to prioritize your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so true. Yeah. Lose the scarcity mindset. So this is another Kathy Mazak from her podcast. Mm-hmm. So we tend to develop, and I, I don't know if this is academia specific or, or probably in other ones as well. Um there's a, there's never enough. There's never enough money or mm-hmm. time or opportunities. And you start thinking uh, this sort of, I have to say, yes, I have to, you know, jump on every bandwagon kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, get rid of that. <laughs> um, she also says what you spend your time doing is your career. So if you're, Absolutely, if you're yeah. checking email all day long, your career is checking email. Is that what your career is? Um, create an ideal week. Um, she has a few, this is, this is also Mazak. Um, uh, so she's an academic coach and does this podcast mm-hmm. about yeah writing and, and organization and things like that. Um, so she has some suggestions. If you're going back to a writing project that you haven't touched for a while, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people will tend to kind of procrastinate doing that. Uh, cause you're trying to, you know, you're in a different yeah, space. Yeah. You don't remember. Um, and so she says, make a session where all you are going to do is say hello to the document. <laughs> say hello. Take a look at it. Try to remember mm-hmm. and get a sense of. And it's one of those things. Yeah, it sounds very silly. But it's it's almost like if you've heard the advice of um, if you don't feel like running, just put on your running shoes and then mm-hmm. most of the time, then you'll feel like running. It's the same thing. You look at this document, you say hello to it, you read it, and you go, oh, yeah, okay. And you you might even just start working on it then. It makes it easy. Right, right. Um, she also suggests, um, this is also with writing, when you're ending your writing session, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure lots of people have said similar advice, um, leave yourself breadcrumbs of kind of what you're thinking and what you're going to go to next. <laughs> So it's like the Ernest Hemingway supposedly would stop in the middle of a sentence. So, so that is a writing session. He could pick right back up and not kind of get stuck. Similar idea. Yeah. See, Ursula thinks of leaving breadcrumbs as I'm just going to put things in and hopefully I will need. And if I need them later, great. And otherwise they're just neat set pieces. Uh, That's what she leaves. That's, that's how she has done all her. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This is like a trail of your thoughts so that you can pick back up (laughs) where you were. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And then two things from Cass with Clutterbug. So she says, you don't get extra points for scrubbing on your hands and knees, which I think I said earlier. And that's that's really kind of useful for sort of everything, right? You know, this, yeah. this oh, I have to, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it 130% kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, if it's better to have an easy way to live in a way that works for you, <laughs> right? So keep your house clean mm-hmm. without being, uh, you know, obsessive and scrubbing on your hands and knees. Manage your time, you know, have your work work for you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I that, that was not eloquent. I apologize. That's um, fine. <laughs> and then um, this also was from, um, for a while I was listening to a podcast that was about, um, yeah, it was organizational professionals and productivity professionals. And it, it, it kind of got annoying. So I stopped listening to it. But um, a lot of the times they would talk about um, not wasting valuable real estate. Um, and what they meant by that was, um, you know, if if you have a big KitchenAid mixer bowl mm-hmm. sitting on your counter because it doesn't fit in a cabinet, but you only use it once or twice a year, that's a terrible waste of counter space. <laughs> like put it in the garage. Um, and also sort of like the you don't get extra points for scrubbing on your hands and knees, I think is actually relevant to lots mm-hmm. of other things. So your time, don't waste good time where you can think clearly say in the morning by checking email, for example. Right. So that was my list in no um, reasonable order. <laughs> Fine. As I thought of them. All right. The easy but sad question. Okay. At least that's what I, how I think of it. Um, how do you deal with failure or missing a goal? Yeah, so uh, I think all of this is how you define failure, um, mm-hmm. which is sort of a bit of my job of, okay, how are we <laughs> operationally defining failure here? Um, so so in academia, there's a lot of failure, or at least a lot of rejection, mm-hmm. um, right. which I no longer even think of as failure. Um, so, and by rejection, it's that you never submit a manuscript. It goes through peer review. And they said, everybody's happy. They had no comments on how to make it better. Right. That, that doesn't happen. Um, right. They, they have ideas. Often it's good. Um, so what you're hoping for is a reject with an invitation to revise and resubmit. Um, okay. So you get used to that being standard. And so it no longer feels like failure, at least to me, <laughs> Hopefully right, 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 right. To, to some people, which would be rough. Um, and another thing I would say is that it's all data, right? It's all information and valuable information, positive feedback, negative feedback. It is all helpful for the next time you're going to do something. And what can be nice is that I'm in a position where I'm mentoring PhD students. And Mm -hmm. so my mistakes and failures, I can pass on so they don't make those same mistakes and failures. So it can, um, so it's not something I'm just sitting with and going, Oh, that was terrible. I can pass it on and make that a, a mentoring experience. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's all data and it's all opportunities mm -hmm. to improve. Yeah. It, it's funny. One of the things that, um, Diego was talking about, and I think like the very first building a second brain is that it's not failure. Like, these are everything is a lesson that you can take forward right. and you want to fail at a lot of things because it, it, use the experiment, the experimenter mindset. Okay. Mm -hmm. Make a hypothesis, test it. If it doesn't work, that's not a failure. That just means that hypothesis didn't work. Come on, go to the next one. Yeah. That's new information. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Flip side of the coin. A lot of people in the past have had difficult difficulty with this one, but it's the happy question. Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Yes. Um, Yay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love doing this. Um, mm -hmm. it, it does take a concerted effort because it's very mm -hmm. easy to say, oh, great. This got accepted. Fantastic. Okay. Now I'm working on this other thing. It's really mm -hmm. easy to just sort of keep plowing forward and very important to not just keep plowing forward. That's, that's recipe for burnout. Um, so the things that I do, uh, so again, in the before times, if it was something big, like, uh, mm -hmm. getting tenure, getting a big grant, um, then my husband and I would go out to dinner at a steakhouse. We, we still are not that brave. Um, <laughs> we don't go out to dinner yet. Um, yeah. and then for, getting a paper accepted, um, what I've started doing, so I have a colleague, uh, I've published with him a few times uh, where he was the the lead on it. So a lot of my work is collaborative. Um, in, mm -hmm. in sciences, you tend to not have solo publications. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what he started doing, so he's German and I don't remember how to say this in German, but he would say, okay, we need to have acceptance beer. Um, so we would get on Zoom, which is how we would meet often lots of mm -hmm. times. And so it would be the three or four of us um, on this team. And we'd all have our beer and we'd, we'd chat and catch up. But also he would kind of give us speech, <laughs> which <laughs> I was like, really? Is this happening? But it was it was actually so nice where he mm -hmm. would say, you know, this is a really important paper and we did such good work together and mm -hmm. we're a great team. Um, and it was really nice. So I decided that I was going to start doing that for all of the papers <laughs> where I'm lead. Um, right, right. So I recently started that uh, and it's, it's nice. It's really nice mm -hmm. to just take a moment, celebrate it, talk about how excited you are about it coming mm -hmm. out. And then sometimes you talk about, okay, are we going to follow up with this or what's our next thing? But it's not plowing forward. It's sort of excited thinking about the future. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the main things. I try to have little... Um, so, for example, today, this morning, I had a final exam for, for a class. Um, and I came home. It was early in the morning. I, I got home mm -hmm. at 1130 and my husband said, okay, so are you done now with that class? I said, I am. And he said, okay, well, how about a special drink? And it was like 1130 in the morning. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> 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 which, which usually I wouldn't. I would have, okay, right, right, now right. I'm, I'm going and making lunch and checking email. And we just yeah. took, you know, I had a small okay. drink and it was lovely. And so trying to do things like that, maybe having, I typically have a glass of wine with dinner at night, but 
oh, hey, something special. Let's have a fancier drink. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I realized most of these things revolved around alcohol. <laughs> uh, you know, but that that could just as easily be a cupcake or, right. you know, yeah. it, it's uh, rewards. Personal rewards are highly subjective. Yep. And, you know, I think that's that's something important to keep in mind. Yeah, like, food and drink, you, what, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. I, I, I used to do have the, to ask. the meat faucet. Oh my God, the meat faucet. I haven't been to a meat faucet in years. Uh, for those of you at home who don't know, meat faucet means Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah. yeah. Um, we we haven't been able a, to do that. We would do a, yeah. a regular steakhouse was sort of our mm -hmm. fancy, like, you know, it's our anniversary. It's, you know, it's a big event type thing. Yeah. But, yeah, not for a while. <laughs> we just found out door. we have DoorDash availability here now in the middle of nowhere. So nice. we're not limited to delivery as pizza or pizza. And that's just been great. Yeah, actually, we, mm -hmm. we have done that for some things. Um, yeah, doing DoorDash if there's a special mm -hmm. occasion. Or um, or I think for our last anniversary, my husband ordered Omaha steaks and we, we did Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's everything. With one exception, okay. like, you know, uh, we hadn't started, I think you're just getting to the edge where we're starting to do this in, in your, your catch up. Mm -hmm. um, and that is that um, we don't need money. We want other people to like give to people who need it more than we do because mm -hmm. we, we don't need it. Um, do you have a charity that you would like to support or have our people give money to? Sure. Yeah, you're right. I'm mm -hmm. not at the point in the podcast where you started asking this question. So I'm glad you sent them to me ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the two that all, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, sort of champion a bit. Um, mm -hmm. One is called Fair Fight. Um, it's Stacey Abrams. So it's a national uh, voting rights organization. Mm -hmm. um, anything with voting rights. <laughs> um yeah, if you're in a state that's highly gerrymandered, if if there's trying to push, Hi, push yeah, and, you know, <laughs> anything anything with voting rights, um, but but that's one. It's based in Georgia, mm -hmm. but it's it's national. Um, and NAACP, anybody can become a member. Um, yep. And in particular, the Defense Fund or or anything really would yeah. or regular membership. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. They, they, they're, you know, as with any organization of that size and age, they've had their ups and downs, but generally they do so much good work. It's like, I am always slightly torn supporting the Electronic Frontier Foundation or the ACLU, but at the end of the day, the, what the, the work they do is the majority of the work they do significantly outweighs the things I find maybe not as agreeable. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With ACLU where. Yeah, yeah. There's some things that I found. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Illinois trials in the sixties. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Charlottesville. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. They helped make that happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, where can we find you? that part out? <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> not. A I'm not disagreeing. And I don't think if, if there's a listener who disagrees, with with us on that matter maybe you should be listening to a different podcast <laughs> i'm just saying 
Like, you know, that's fair. you don't think fair voting rights are, are a thing that should happen? Oh, no. Yeah, not that. Yeah, I guess talking about like, I don't know, I don't want to bad mm-hmm. mouth, uh, even if there's been Yeah, like you said, ups and yeah, yeah, on a bad mouth, any, you know, organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, with all that, <laughs> where can we find you if you if you're comfortable sharing, where can we find you online? Eh. <laughs> eh? Okay. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I'm pretty boring. It's all academic stuff. Um, yeah, no, nowhere in particular. Uh, if, okay. if you want to follow someone, if you want to follow my husband, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he is doing, actually, he would be cool to have on the show. He's, um, he's, he's done really well with project management. So he started doing a Kickstarter mm-hmm. and, and doing books, uh, role-playing books. Once the, oh, cool. the fifth edition open license, open gaming license came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he had all the materials. He basically had these books written, but is not an artist. So was hiring artists and doing art management mm-hmm. and print management. And really, he, so I fall prey to the, the uh, planning fallacy, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is you think things will take less time than they do. Um, oh, right. Yeah. He was very good about, knowing how long things would take. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of feedback from the artists saying how much they liked working with him. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, his, his is valiantfoxgaming.com. Um, okay. And so if people are interested in role-playing. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. You can't see. If I tilt the camera just a little bit, there's all of my 5th edition and 3rd party 5th ah. edition supplements on that shelf. Nice. Right there. Yeah. Nice. So, now you may have just, you know, that I may be like sending you an email with the the take my money uh, animated image, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, after this. I don't know yet. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we will. I will. I will do that. And yeah, just uh, if he wants to come on, I'm more than happy to talk to him. Cool. You already know how to book an, a, an appointment, so it's all good. I you, do. I don't even have to send a fresh email. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you should. It's the same. It's the same link oh, schedule. Wow. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Yep, I have that yeah. in an email. So. Cool. <laughs> this has been absolutely awesome. Um, thank you so much. You are welcome. Yep, and uh, for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. So I want to thank Brooke for appearing on the show. Absolutely fantastic conversation, as I believe you've noticed, since it was like two hours long or close to it. Um, and, you know, really, really good stuff in there. I, I had so much, so much fun. It was great. Thank you, Brooke. Um, and like I said, Brooke's husband will be on in August. So you can look forward to that. In the meantime... I have a word. What is the word? The word is academic. 
Academic. Academic, yes. All right. Um, because that is what Dr. McNamara is, and a lot of what her systems and things are built to address is working and living in academia. So there you go. Um, absolutely awesome. Certainly something of, of much interest to many listeners. Yes. And, uh, you know, of note is you take that word and you go to productivityalchemy.com and you type it in for the the badge um, code and it will give you the badge for this episode. And if you want to know more about badges, what they are, why they are, why you want them, there is all that information at the website as well. Yes, there are also... Uh, back episodes, show notes for those self-same episodes. I mean, there's all kinds of good stuff on there. There's even a link on there that says support that will take you to our uh, Ursula's Patreon and my Kofi. Please do not click it. No, don't. Yes. You don't need it. We're good. Yeah, we're fine. We're good. I mean, if you want to, we're not going to say no, but what we'd really rather you do is give your money to the charities recommended by Dr. McNamara. In this case, the... First of the charities is Fair Fight, which is working for uh, national voting rights, which oh, yeah. is incredibly important here in the States. Oh, Jesus. Yes. And uh, the other thing, the other place to give your money is to the um, NAACP Defense Fund, because guess what? They are also working really heavily on voting rights. Uh, and understandably oh, and other things, so. Yes. And, and many other things that are very important. So don't give us your money. Give give your money to these folks. Uh, they are, of course, charity spotlight links in the show notes at productivityalchemy.com. Maybe in your podcast player. I don't know. Um, I haven't really looked to see how those translate over. But anyway, that is how that works. So yeah, thank you everybody for joining us this week. Um, Thank you, everybody, for being here for year six. We're having a great time. And you know what? Go out there and do your best to uh, be productive. Uh, you you changed the verb, and now I'm Oh, it panicking. should be stay productive, isn't it? Yes. Oh, my. Oh, God. Okay. The foundations of my world are rocked. Just sign your thing. Yes. Keep signing. Wait. Are you T. Kingfisher for this one? I, I'm T. Kingfisher for this one. Okay. Later I'll be Ursula Vernon, and next week, God knows who I'll be. Uh.